This is Talking Business. My next guest is Gavin Slater, who's the CEO of Nimble, a payday lender. We don't like payday lender, the term, do we? No, we don't, Alan. And, uh, <laughs> but that, but it's, it's accurate, though, isn't it? It is accurate because at the end of the day, we lend money to people and you know, essentially they, they pay us back once they get paid. I mean, you could argue, actually, that every form of lending is payday lending because most people are salaried and when they have a loan with a bank or any non-bank lender, they wait for their payday to be able to pay back the installment. No, but most, most loans aren't. Uh, for you know, for that purpose, like to get you through to payday. I mean, uh, nothing. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I guess that there's. It's interesting that there is a, a sort of a negative connotation around the term payday lending. Yeah, there is a negative connotation, and in some respects, it's deserved. I mean, in some instances, there are examples, and in fact, there was a recent example, you know, with a group up in uh, Queensland who were taking advantage of customers and charging up to you know over a thousand percent, which is simply not on. Um, but then there are those like us that nimble that do perform a role for the sector of the community and do that responsibly. And, yeah, by way of that, I mean... But Nimble itself got pinged 2016. It did. Before your time, before. I hasten to add, by <laughs> ASIC for uh, non-responsible lending and had to give a whole lot of money back. It did have to give uh, some money back. And, yeah, and it was rightly found to not be properly assessing, you know, customers' capacity to pay. And so those things have been fixed up. And certainly in my time, there's two things we look at which is firstly you look at the character of the person, which is essentially their, their past track record. Uh, and, and secondly, and most importantly, is their capacity to pay. And in Nimble's case, we don't lend to people that are unemployed. We look for gambling habits. We have a data-driven approach and we essentially we work out a person's daily surplus cash and apply a buffer and work out the ability to, to meet the obligation. Um, but in most cases, you know, it's for a genuine need. So if I look over the last three years, we've funded over 120,000 bond you know, um, uh, rental bonds, as because most of our customers rent, uh, over 80,000 car repairs, over 50,000 medical expenses. So for genuine need, and most customers, I mean, I think this is what's lost on a lot of people is over a million Australians hold down two jobs. And they do simply not, they simply do not have the discretionary income when they have those unexpected events you know, where they need some surplus cash. Uh, and that's the role that you know Nimble fulfills for them. Yes, right. And, and in fact, Nimble was a, was an early fintech, starting in two thousand and five. That's right. Um, and you know there weren't a lot of fintechs around those those days. But but I, I, um, it seems to me what makes it a fintech, as opposed to just another lender, is the use of algorithms. That's and, right. And the, things, the sort of things you're talking about. That's what makes it a fintech, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a it's reliance on you know. People talk today about what's a fintech. Well, essentially, it's a platform strategy. So you know, you it, it's it's really being sort of mobile first and, and enabling customers to deal with you anywhere, anytime, twenty four by seven. But then what underpins that is our use of data. So we don't do manual underwriting. We have sophisticated algorithms that have been built, and we strip ninety days of a customer's transaction banking information, and we work out the ins and the outs, and what's the essential spend and discretionary spend. And based on our learnings, we keep adjusting that, sort of we calibrate for that and work out the daily surplus cash. So Nimble is, in, in many respects, you know, one of the first fintechs. Uh, it's kind of ironic if I sort of play forward now. In some respects, it's been disrupted by the uh, buy now, pay later industry. And that's well, I'll get the, to that in a moment, but, yeah. I'll just, but I'm just interested in the fact that, it, at, that the whole process, the whole approach that you've got have had, has had to change because you were pinged. Well, the company was pinged in 2016 for responsible lending using an algorithm. And I imagine in order to get around that, the, uh, the whole approach has had to change. Yeah, well, in fact, that, 
that it wasn't the whole company was using the algorithm. For where it got pinged was a new line that it had introduced, and it wasn't using the algorithms. And, oh, and so, really, so it was for not using the algorithm properly. <laughs> correct. And in fact, what had happened was it was being pretty rigorous in its assessment of new customers, but in terms of returning customers, oh, it wasn't going through a thorough credit assessment again. Essentially, it was approving because that was sort of the origins of payday lending. You know, if you borrowed two hundred dollars and you paid it back, and you wanted two hundred and twenty dollars the following time. Essentially, you got given that, yeah. and so that was the the way it had been built for return of customers, and that's what's changed now and been tightened up. Well, there's an absolute uh, blizzard of uh, buy now pay later firms starting up. Afterpay obviously has been enormously successful, but there's a whole lot more now. So that must be completely obliterating your business it in, is. in in that payday lending. Area. It's certainly having having an impact, Alan, and particularly what we've seen is um, you know anything up to twelve hundred dollars and up to sixty days, because that tends to be the the sort of the term of a a buy now, pay later type product. Uh, what we are seeing, though, is customers that need bigger amounts of credit and for longer duration. You know that part of our business is performing well, but there is this ongoing debate, of course, and you'd be well aware of it around the buy now, pay later is not doing a proper credit assessment and not operating under a credit license. When the likes of us do a proper credit assessment and look for people's employment status and capacity to pay. So there's an interesting dynamic at play here that I think still yeah, has Yeah, I know, but the taxis are all complaining about Uber for not using proper Correct. processes. I mean, the same thing. It's, Uber's not going away. Yeah. So I, I suppose, in a way, that was why you were brought on as CEO of Nimble, was it? You, you, you know, background in NAB, uh, digital transformation agencies for the government, you're you were actually brought in. You didn't start the business. You were brought in to be CEO. And is your job now to change the the business model in some way? Yeah, that, that in fact is the job, and it's the reason why you know I elected to you know accept the board's invitation to to take on the role. You know, I wasn't interested in coming in and simply taking Nimble and continuing to run it in its current form. You know, I see there's a. I think it wants in a generational opportunity, quite frankly, um, with the disruption happening in financial services driven A, by technology and B, the fallout from the Royal Commission and C, probably just changing customer behaviours, particularly the millennials, to uh, take a company like Nimble and grow it into more mainstream consumer finance. And, and that's what I was brought on to do and that's what we're doing at the moment. So what does it involve? Do you, do you have to change um, the funding operate where you get the money, where you get your money from? Over time, we do. Yeah. So at the moment, we uh, rely on two institutional funders for you know our debt finance to be Did able. Did you say to two institutional two, funders? Yeah, two two institutional debt funders. Um, Who but, are they? Oh, I can't say. But, oh, you can't say. Them, but they they do operate in the, in the sector. But as we look to launch new products, so we're already in market with a new personal loan. It's risk based priced, aimed at near prime customers, priced from eight point nine nine percent up to twenty nine percent. Uh, and that's from $5,000 up to $25,000. We've got a secured order loan coming on market later this year and then some pretty innovative products later next year. That will require new sources of uh, debt funding and uh, new equity into the business to fund our expansion. Right. Um, do, uh, do you think that uh, risk-based lending, which you're now doing uh, with that with this consumer finance, is going to be very disruptive to the banks? Um, not in itself. You know, I think all banks to an extent would say they do risk-based you know, lending. Not much. The big not, banks not don't. Much. They don't. can't really. Yeah. But I think that's part of it. So absolutely being able to really discriminate positively, uh, you know, looking at an individual customer, looking at what I call their character, which is really determinant on their past history and behaviour, and then looking at their capacity to pay and looking at loan purpose and pricing a loan based on a range of variables and, and doing that, you know, in a fast automated fashion, I think is one area of real disruption. The other area for me is simply the customer experience. And, and I know it gets spoken about a lot 
lot. But if anyone's trying to deal with a bank at the moment and knows how arduous it is to simply get basic stuff done in terms of applying for credit, banks are making it increasingly difficult. And in the case of Nimble, simply you know put in a few details online, gets decisioned um, automatically within minutes and money's in your account within uh, within 60 minutes. So sort of speed to market and that whole customer experience is another point of differentiation. I presume the details have to include your uh, bank account numbers and passwords so that you can you can interrogate their their bank accounts. Yeah, absolutely. And you know one of the things that we do and we do really well and that's we you know we're able to leverage our past experience in the payday lending sector is we're well experienced at getting a customer to put in their transaction banking details and we strip in this case now 180 days of transaction banking information and enables us to work out you know a person's free cash flow you know uh, a daily free cash flow over a course of six months so it's pretty sophisticated in terms of how we assess a customer's capacity to pay and and therefore and, and then price the the loan price accordingly the, yeah and absolutely so price price the loan accordingly and and there's a number of variables that come into that so you know ultimately we're pricing at a, at a level, you know, a customer of one, in a sense. You know, each customer gets assessed individually and, and gets a price point associated with that. I mean, fundamentally, it's driven by a number of variables, and one of the key ones is probability of default. I mean, there's a number of variables that go into that and say, what's the likelihood, you know, based on history and what we know of a default in this instance, and that will be reflected in the price as well. So you've been there a bit more than a year now. Yep. Um, how's the pivot going? It's going well. You know, I think uh, one of the first things I had to do was really stabilise the existing business. There were some performance issues associated with that business and uh, and that, that's been taken care of in the underlying business now. What I call old co or the, you know, the paid out lending business is going really well. Um, that's required me bringing in a whole lot, a lot of new talent into the organisation and we've got some outstanding people you know, working in the company now um, and putting in place the new platform for the new products. And uh, you know, as I mentioned, we've already got our new personal loan in market at the moment. So if you go to Nimble's homepage, previously you'd only see cash loans. Now you'll see personal loans as well, initially showing only five to $10,000. Uh, up to 24 months while we're testing the new credit decision engine and we'll be expanding that up to um, $50,000 over time in 48 months and then an auto loan coming in market uh, later this year and and as I mentioned, a pretty exciting product in market early next year that we're working on at the moment. Um, a, a different, another product, you can't tell us about it? Well, I'm no. just interested <coughs> in terms of how you think the market's developing or well, evolving. Yeah, I think what we're seeing is there's a combination between, you know, the buy now, pay later type products, oh, yes. and then there's also customers that have a need for larger amounts of credit and, and a lot more flexibility around that, um, and in particular focusing what the whole, what the presentation layer looks like in a mobile, on a, with a mobile orientation and, and how easy it is for customers to apply and to pay at point of sale and make flexible payments and redraws and those kind of things. So, so who owns the business? Is it, it privately owned. Still the founders? The founders are involved, um, but in a limited capacity. They own, they're minority shareholders now. Between them, they own 12%. Um, and then I've got some major cornerstone investors that have put some new money into the company uh, reasonably recently. Um, but overall, there's about 60, 64 shareholders. Um, but I see they're consolidating over time. Yeah. Very interesting. Thanks for coming in, Gavin. Thanks, Alan. I've been talking to Gavin Slater, who's the CEO of Nimble, the consumer lender.